When I drop shot Megan, she calls me bad names, and I don't appreciate that because I'm just doing a tactical advantage, and it's totally no. But you're not though. But you're not. It's not just tactics. <laughs> exactly. That, but that's a whole other conversation. He's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a tactical we all advantage. know it's not. It's a tactical advantage. <laughs> but. Welcome to Shankcast episode number one. Today we're going to be discussing the underhand serve. Is it disrespectful or is it smart? With me today, as always, Kevin and Megan. Say hello, guys. Hello there. Hey, guys. <laughs> we've, been, we've had a lot of in-office debates about this already, so I'm really excited to bring this to an actual content format it's going to be exciting, no matter what happens. And I'd like to say we're going to like get to the bottom of it, but we're absolutely not going to get to the bottom of it. But what you will get is to hear the perspective of three lifelong career tennis people and hear some different opinions, some different perspectives on the underhand serve. And then you can make up your own mind. And hopefully it helps give you a little bit of perspective on uh, kind of the different thoughts and, and viewpoints out there. So really quick, if you listen to the in introductory episode, you heard us refer to this show as something completely different. And in doing a little bit more due diligence, I found that that name was already partially taken online. So we have changed the show name to The Shank Cast. Welcome to The Shank Cast. Woohoo! Shank it up. <laughs> <laughs> Jer Jeremy Plumley. I need to give a shout out to Jeremy Plumley, old co worker of mine who suggested Shankcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Good job, Jeremy. Yeah, good work. Really appreciate the input there. And would really appreciate your help. If you're listening right now or if you're watching right now, we really need your help getting this off the ground. And the best way that you can help us is by going to iTunes on your desktop or laptop or going to the podcasts app on your iPhone and leaving a rating and a review of the Shankcast and also subscribing. And if you do those three things, if you subscribe to the show, if you rate the show, and if you leave a review of what you've heard so far, just go ahead and just give us your, your honest feedback and you send us a quick email with the review that you left, then we will hook you up with any course that Essential Tennis creates any of our programs any of our digital programs no you can't come to milwaukee and spend two days with us for free but you can have access to any of our free programs by leaving a rating and a review so just send an email to ian at essentialtennis.com with your rating and review and we'll hook you up with a free course just let us know which program you'd like you can check out all of our programs at essentialtennis.com and click on courses to see a list of all the courses that you can choose from. All right, so let's get into it. Underhand serve. <laughs> it's time for the showdown. All right, we're gonna go around the, the horn here and really quickly, I wanna, I wanna get context here from each of the coaches and we're gonna discuss what's our experience been with the underhand serve? Have we ever used it and have we ever had it used against us? So really quick um, kind of experiences and just so everybody knows kind of where we're coming from and how we've experienced it in competition or maybe as a coach. And then we'll go around and give our personal opinions of is this a legitimate shot? Should it be used? Should it be shunned? Or should it be applauded? So on and so forth. Megan, let's start with you. Your, your experience using it and receiving it. What, what has that been for you? So using it, I hurt my shoulder 
um, and was trying to rehab or do everything but have surgery so that I could play tennis. Um, and for about... For everybody listening, when you say hurt your shoulder, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> uh, so I tore my rotator cuff and then trained with it torn um, to play a tournament that was... Yes, I, I understand this is really stupid, but live and learn. Um, and... Then I got to the tournament and got through a couple matches and then ended up um, not being able to use my arm at all after I served and the racket flew out of my hand. And so I ended up tearing my bicep, tricep, um, my one uh, muscle in my neck, underneath my armpit muscle, and um, a muscle in my back. So I, I kind of tore Must up my shoulder. Really been cranking on those <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like doing anything and everything to just. That's brutal. Yeah, it was bad. But anyways, okay, so yeah, don't do that. If your shoulder hurts, don't go train hard for a couple weeks getting ready for a tournament. Um, but that was back in the day when there was only like three big tournaments a year, and it was one of those that I was training. So, um, but so I heard it, and in I could not raise my arm above my shoulder. And so it was, but I could hit ground strokes decently. And, um, and so I still wanted to play like high school tennis and some local tournaments, seeing if I could rehab enough to be able to come back and play at a high level again. And during that time, I decided to just serve underhand. Um, and so it was always, I never actually told my opponents like from the beginning that I was going to serve underhand. So the first like couple, but most of them watched me or knew who I was in that area. And so they knew I was serving underhand. Um, and so I played a couple local tournaments and I played regionals and state. What was the most aggressive response or reaction an opponent ever had, had to you serving underhand? I actually never had not one really? person. Nobody no. was like, this is bull crap. I think because everybody knew who I was in the area. And so they sure. knew I hurt my shoulder. And so it wasn't like a huge surprise. Right. A lot of them were very, I mean, I did have um, a person who I knew very well and was very excited to play me because she just drop shot lobbed me for three sets straight <laughs> because she knew that's, I could not hit nice. an overhead. Um, and so other than that, like, that's what I used it for. Um, but again, I did not tell my opponents like coming out, but so the first few were always like a shocker, but then they figured it out kind of thing. So what about used against you? Yep. I've never had it used against me. Not, not one, one time. time. Ever? No. All right. No. Sorry. I have, uh, <laughs> I guess my experience with the underhand serve, I've never used the underhand serve. Yeah. And Even in practice, like screwing around. No, um, it's probably just because I'm super competitive. I hope I'm the first. Yeah, you, I hope I'm the first one. You underhand serve. Definitely one of you two will be the first one after this conversation. <laughs> the um, next time you guys play, it's yeah, going to be like underhand just, serve, just ready, breaking it out. Uh, yeah, I've never used it. Um, I don't know. Just growing up, I never considered it. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't and has know. it ever been used against you? 
I think like occasionally we've had like situations where I played like um, some of our players, our kids, and maybe they couldn't serve and they hit on their hand serve. And it was kind of like goofy funny because it was like it was actually mm. harder to return their serve just because of the difference. And you almost for me, I feel like you had to treat it as like an approach shot versus a serve return or uh, a different shot. But yeah, definitely no experience with it. This is going to be an interesting conversation, though. <laughs> All right. And then coming around to me, I've never used it in like a real, you know, competitive environment. I for sure have used it in lessons, college, like team practices. I remember for sure using it. Just like Kevin said, like, oh, like in a ha, joke. Ha, ha. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not like anything serious where I was like, come on, like if I, <laughs> if I won the point. Um, so it was always definitely like a humorous type of environment and that's the only time i remember it being used against me as well screwing around never in a real like a real competitive match can i ever remember it being used against me all right so let's go around and give opinions opinion time so here each of us is going to have like is going to have the floor for as long as it takes for us to explain <laughs> our our stance and the other coaches can make like noises but <laughs> but can't we can't like it i'm definitely making a noise <laughs> just get ready uh we cannot like interrupt or take the floor like from the person but it's gonna be it's impossible for us to not like make any kind of you know noises i have a running bet let's see who's gonna try a hundred percent it's gonna be me <laughs> already she's done it i haven't even finished i haven't even finished like what i'm gonna say she's already taken yeah, like a little counter, a little counter yeah, needs to go i off. can even get the bet out <laughs> all right so with with that in mind and then after we each kind of give our our own personal kind of opinion or thoughts on it we'll go we'll go megan kevin ian i think that'll be a, i think we should mix it up because i went first on so? that yeah yeah should we go maybe Ian, Kevin? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think we should have a, a Kevin sandwich uh, either way. Okay. Yeah, Got that's it. probably best. <laughs> okay, so starting with me. And then after, after we each have the floor for a little bit, we give our own opinion. Then we'll do free-for-all, and it'll just be Shankcast Royal Rumble talking about the, the underhand serve or debating or whatever, whatever you want to call it, shanking. <laughs> All right, Shank. so my personal opinion is that it's totally fine to mess around. And I'm very aware that as per the rules, which Kevin's been going through with the oh. fine tooth comb, in case you happen to be watching, that's what Kevin's been doing on the iPad. He's not looking through Facebook. He's, he's going through actual tennis rules so that he can tell us that we're wrong. Hmm. Uh, Welcome to my life. <laughs> I'm totally aware that it's legit from a rules perspective it's not, it's not against the rules, but I feel like it's against the spirit of the game in the sense that I think one of the things that makes tennis really, really special is, is the history and the legacy of the game, where it came from, the decades and like centuries now of it being kind of like a, a ladies and a gentleman's sport. And I think the underhand serve kind of under, undermines that. I was going to say under a hands that, mm -hmm. but it's not definitely not the right word. Uh, undermines that a little bit. I think it's it's disrespectful. I put disrespectful in the title because that's how I feel about it. Is it legit? Like when when Nadal is forty five feet behind the baseline, getting ready to return serve, is it a legitimate tactical like strategic choice? For sure. Like from that standpoint, I get it. 
And I'm not going to say it necessarily. I'm not going to say it necessarily <laughs> uh, fault anybody in that particular situation for using it. But I also don't fault Nadal for feeling disgruntled about it or pissed about it. And I also wouldn't fault anybody in the crowd who would like whistle or be like or or say that it's um, a, a backhanded you know kind of move because. This, here, the scenario is it's your one opportunity to hit the best shot you can and you're expected to hit the strongest shot possible with the serve and instead you hit the weakest shot possible and so it's a, it's a psychological, it's psychological warfare just as much as it is tactical and so from a purely competitor, like as a competitor, I respect, I respect the play of somebody who is willing to do it but I don't respect necessarily how it clashes with the the history and the um, uh, what's the right word the spirit like legacy of the game. kind of yeah, thing. Exactly. That, those are my thoughts in a nutshell. I'm not going to say it shouldn't. I'm not going to say like you can't use it because you can. Like it's your choice. It's your prerogative. But. I personally wouldn't feel comfortable. I, an example that just went kind of viral on Facebook recently is uh, a professional player used it in a situation where it totally made sense tactically. He won the point. It was an ace. This was just like a week ago. It's and the then, one I put up on yeah. our page. Yeah. And then he went back, like got the balls for the next point, walked up to the baseline and put his hand up to his opponent as if he just hit a net court winner or something like that. Like it worked. He won the point, but he was ashamed. <laughs> There were people saying that that possibly was him saying, are you ready for the next point too? I don't know. I'm just saying, stating, just, just so you know. I don't think, they I, haven't clarified with him either I'd way as far as I know. I'd be shocked if he confirmed that simply because everybody knows when the other person is, is right. ready. Like they're in the ready position. They're doing the dance, like rock back and forth. Their eyes are on the server. Like there's never any question in a professional match, whether or not the returner right. is, no, is I'm ready. not saying that you're wrong. I'm just yeah. saying like there, that's been the I'm banter saying, back anybody, and forth anybody on Anybody who now. says that, I don't think necessarily understands like the rhythm and the, the flow of a normal, you know, super high level match like that. Everybody there knows when somebody else is ready. There's no question about that. So I think the hand is him. He, he's he feels. I bad. took it as that too. <laughs> he feels yeah, bad. I took it as that too. All right, that's my. Uh, I will. I will. What do they say in debate? Not give up the floor, but uh, relinquish, relinquish relinquish the floor to my esteemed colleague, Mr. Garlington. Wow. Um, I just I, I don't have enough time to do enough research in this moment. You said so many interesting things. So, <laughs> in the spirit of just being me and being controversial. I'm going to go against the grain here and um, like going through the friend of court, which for all of us tennis people out there, that is if you're in the U.S., that is the the kind of uh, law of the land in the tennis world, uh, which I think ironically enough, a lot of people don't read and don't fully understand the rules of, of tennis. They know, understand the basic rules. Uh, the reason I'm just kidding. Why I, just I, I, I know you gotta do it. You gotta do it. The reason why I've spent probably more time than most people in, uh, the friend of court is cause I actually was a tournament director. So for, um, probably, probably over 10 years, I have helped run USTA tournaments and 
to have that opportunity to go through the friend of court and read things and go like, whoa. Like even where the officials aren't quite clear on the rules and they've had to go back and read it. And um, there's a lot of nuance. There's a, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a, lot. a lot of loopholes too. There's a lot too. of interesting loopholes. And as mm -hmm. I, as, as I've <laughs> skimmed through the friend of court as Ian's talking, and there's no mention of the actual skim. Yeah, that's fine. You can skim it. I'll, I'll keep <laughs> going deeper. But there's no mention of the particular type of motion you have to use to serve. So whether it's underhanded, side, ooh, yeah, you guys get ready. I'm going to throw some nasty slice, like curveball serves. The, the only stipulation is that the ball can't bounce, bounce first, yeah. right? As long yeah. as it's out of the air. Mm -hmm. As long as it's out of the air, it's considered an actual serve. And you can't, mm -hmm. like, run and hit it, and you can't. Uh, there's a few other. I didn't see any. As long as you're not foot faulting, I didn't. Uh, there was some part of it where it was mentioning because um, it, it goes through clearly of like foot faulting. Um, there's a thing about stepping. You can yeah. only take so... I think like you can take a drop step, but that's Right, but you that's can't it. take anything else, yeah. Uh, as we continue, I'll go through it because I'm, I'm curious to see is, are these just, I guess... Um, analogies of what we've kind of considered through the, the years of where we've said, oh yeah, well you're not supposed to take a step just because everybody assumes that's true. Or are we talking about from the, the fundamental basis of what is the actual rules? Like is when there so, a separate set of rules, by the way? This is like USTA's thing. There right? is a is there ITF, ITF rules. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mm -hmm. check that uh, uh, next. But as far as like, it's very interesting as you go through the rules, there's no mention on the particular type of motion. Uh, so far, they just talk about foot faulting, and I was going through that. I'll go through if you can take steps, because that's another curious thing. I'll see if I can find the ITF. Uh, yeah, cool. so it's, it's very interesting, I think, on, I think, a big hand of what most people, including myself for a long time, we accept what has been given to us, and we don't investigate what is true. And so while we are maybe judging um, the spirit of tennis, in the sense of what is right or wrong, are we just accepting it because that's what we've been given? So another interesting thing I wanted to check out, uh, when we go back to videos of like old school tennis, did they underhand serve? So when we talk, I'm, I'm, I think I've seen videos, I don't know, I'm actually gonna check it out, but like when we're talking about pants, old school tennis, I'm pretty sure they did some underhand serving. I like that you called it pants. Old school. Pants, pants like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is the pants like, era. Come on, come on, come on. I mean, the next time you get one of us wearing like white. The open era and then there's the pants. The pants yeah, the pants exactly. Era. The, the pants era. Um, I'm curious if they did underhand serving. And as Ian's talking about the tradition, um, how many of those traditions have we either followed or and and is that really the tradition or is that just something that we've accepted as the tradition as tennis has been broadcast over the many years and so for me a part of me understands the spirit of tennis well what is really the spirit of tennis do we really know or are we just accepting something that we've like called the spirit of tennis? Like, tell me, what is the spirit of tennis? That's yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> Megan. That's right now, Megan's lip is bleeding because she's trying so hard not to interrupt or say anything. But um, for me, it's like, what is the spirit of tennis? You know, in some sense, I love the idea of like tradition. Uh, but in some sense, when does tradition need to change? And do we follow tradition blindly? And obviously, this is tennis. We're not talking about life or death here. But are we following something so blindly that we can't see that? Yeah. So when like you're talking about 
serving and presenting the best serve forward, what is the best serve? How do you ca categorize that? The best serve that the person can't hit? The best serve because you hit it the hardest because you place it the best? Or the best serve because it's just difficult for the opponent? So in that sense, thinking about the best serve, it's really about how we believe, how we personally categorize best. If we are in the fence of like best needs to be the strongest, fastest serve, or for someone like Curious, best means surprise tactic. You're waiting on the baseline to crush my 110 mile an hour serve <laughs> or 20, and I'm going to throw you. Uh, 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 yeah, I know it's hard. I was looking for a note <laughs> app as you were talking, as. Um, as I tee up my, my 10 mile an hour underhand serve, which is now the best serve that you cannot handle. So uh, I'm very curious in the sense that my stance on the underhand serve isn't about necessarily the underhand serve, but it's about the idea of accepting ideas that without really fact checking. Like, like everybody's so bummed out about the underhand serve, well, why don't we have a rule against it? Like, there, it's in the rules. So it's like, like, I think when people get so mad at something, but they don't really know necessarily why they're mad at it, or they have this reason for it, but it's, it's actually a rule that allows us to do that. So are we fighting against all, so can we break or have other rules in tennis where we get mad at it because it's a rule, but we don't agree with it? That's the whole point of having the rule book, <laughs> is to have something that's a standard that we can both agree on. And by playing tennis, at least in the United States, by the, uh, the, the accordance of the friend of court, then it's a rule that you've agreed upon when you go and play a tournament in the US, that you can underhand serve. And just because someone doesn't agree with it doesn't mean you're not allowed to do it. So here's the ITF, real quick. Description. The server shall then release the ball by hand in any direction and hit the ball with the racket before the ball hits the ground. The service motion is completed at the moment that the player's racket hits or misses the ball. The uh, player is only able to use one arm and may use the racket for the release of the ball. Yeah. That's so it. I mean, those are the only stipulations in ITF. I think that's a, that's all. I'm glad you find because that's I think way more detailed. Um, than the uh, friend of court for the USTA. But again, we have this agreed upon accordance between the USTA, the International Tennis Federation, of what the rules are. But yet we discredit or we shame or judge those people that are following the rules and actually may have done some, I, I doubt they've done some research, but they found a strategic, a strategic <laughs> advantage. With yeah. his friend of court booklet. Yeah, I exactly. want to call up with Curious, I'm going to do a video <laughs> <laughs> saying, look, it's in the rules. But they found a strategic advantage within the rules that allow them to win points in a specific time using an underhand serve. So if that's not the spirit of tennis, are we, is the spirit of tennis against the rules of tennis? I guess that's the question. Megan? <laughs> She's just going to say, No, I mean, I, I, I have never said that it's against the rules by any means. I mean, I used it in, what year was that? I was 14, so... 18. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was so 95-ish. So, I mean, 
I used it for an entire year. So I definitely know that it's a rule and that you, but that I, I also think that there's a lot of rules that are loopholes for sure. And I don't think it's a against the rules thing that's wrong with it. I think it's like, I don't know. I think there's an underlying moral rule book. Ooh, tennis morals. Yeah. Of tennis. And I think that that's what makes tennis special. Um, I don't know if it, and I, I think a lot of it's based on what we see and the experiences that we go through. There's definitely plenty of people, like if you hurt your shoulder or something like that, and you're going to serve underhand, you serve underhand. You do what you got to do. Um, so I'm not saying that it can never be used, but I'm saying that. There are certain situations where I know I'd be pissed off if someone used it against me because for some reason there's something in my brain saying that it's morally wrong to use it in a match. Um, now, uh, granted, like I just said, I understand the rules say you can do that, but the rules used to also say you could go around and punch your opponent and then you... Did Wait, you not what? know that? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? The, the, Was this the pants era? No. <laughs> you, you can also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the tight see the visual. He can. The tiebreaker was fisticuffs. No, in front of court. I don't know if it still says this, but it used to say, like, if you physically abuse your opponent, it's one point penalty. And so the joke used to be that you, it was a joke, people. Just a joke. Just FYI. That you could go over and punch your opponent. As long as you punched them out, they have to default and you only got a point penalty. Isn't there also a rule about crossing over to your opponent's side as yep. well, though? You, yeah, you don't so you cross gotta, the net. You, you got to bring, sure that, yeah, <laughs> bring them up to the net. Yeah. Uh, but there's all those hey, rules. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's rules about you can't leave the court with your racket. Like, if you go to the bathroom and you take your racket, you default the match. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of rules. If you have the time to read through friend of court, you'd be really surprised how many extra points you would actually get. Um, but I think that there's also this unwritten moral rule book that some people, Kevin, don't follow often. <laughs> Ooh, oh, snap. Oh, snap. No, but I think that, I mean, I see the idea of, okay, follow the rules because I'm a definite rule follower person. That's my personality, but there's still something about it to me, even though I used it often, I didn't use it in a sneaky situation it's type necessity. of thing. Right. I used it out of, yeah, having to. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my All stance. Right. We ready to, ready to open this up? Open it up. All right. So for, let me, I'll make a statement and then we can go off of that. <laughs> so I guess my main counter to Kevin, which very well laid out, Mr. Garlington. Well, uh, thank you. Well, well argued, but your, your main point of contention seems to be that it's not against the rules. And so you can do it. There's all kinds of ways to be a jackass on the court that aren't technically against the rules and are those things are only used to to pursue gamesmanship now gamesmanship as per the rule book is against the rules but no 
Have you guys, as tournament directors, have you guys ever seen anybody actually get like uh, penalized for games, gamesmanship? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for like, sure. give me some scenarios. So like, what are some scenarios where somebody actually got got slapped? For Saying it? bad words. Okay. Oh, that's for sure. Fist pump. Oh, in the fist pump in the face. Of the player. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Any um, yeah. There's um, hitting balls away from the away player. Away from your yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. No. Um. Oh. Like, just any sort of yelling, screaming that isn't directed at yourself. Um, directed towards opponent or right, spectator right. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. In case you're not, in case you're listening or watching, you're not familiar. Gamesmanship is essentially the opposite of sportsmanship. It means you're doing something on purpose to psychologically rattle and or uh, throw off your opponent. And in my opinion, when a Kyrgios or somebody like Kyrgios, somebody who's just trying to be an a-hole part of the time, which is his prerogative, like if that's if that's the type of player that he wants to be, just to be like I'm not like a big hater on Kyrgios, just to be totally like throw it out there. I think he's good for the game. That's another discussion for another time in general. But he has a certain personality and a certain way that he likes to try to gain a competitive advantage on the court and it's not through hitting the best shots and so while the underhand serve against Nadal when he's 45 feet behind the baseline might actually literally be the best tactical shot we all know here that that's not the only reason why he's using the underhand serve. Right. He's using the underhand serve because he's also gaining a big psychological advantage over his opponent. And that's where I personally draw the line is when it starts, it's games, it is gamesmanship. Nobody can prove that because we can't like prove his intent that he's trying to rattle and like annoy and piss off his opponent. But that's what he does every match. <laughs> right. Whether or not it's it's overt enough that he could actually get warned for it, you know, is one question. Um, there's lots of direct things you can do that are against the rules. Be, generally, being a pain in the ass is not directly against the rules. And the other hand, serve I put in that category. Yeah, I wonder, like, even I know, like, junior tennis, they're really strict on the gamesmanship because yeah. they're all about like making better players, developing when you're younger, that kind of thing. But I wonder once you get to like ITF and even like um, even futures levels or anything like that, where you have a ref. Yeah, I wonder how strict they are with gamesmanship because we don't hear about all of the penalties that are issued to ITF players like when they're playing you don't hear about all the penalties half the time that they will get and have to pay a fine for or whatever yeah. um especially if you're just watching on tel- TV yeah I know he's like Kevin, you gotta join the conversation yeah he's like I- searching I'm joining, I'm joining don't worry guys <laughs> Um, He's looking at the pants era on YouTube. I know. (laughs) It's it's very interesting, by the way. (laughs) But I think that yeah, I think there's there's a there's a line of there is. Are you just trying to piss off your opponent? And I think that there's there are people who play tennis that that's the way they play. Yeah. And And it's part of their strategy, right? And they they know what they're. And in Kyrgios's case, I think he absolutely knows right the lines that he. It's the people that walk up to the line and act like they're ready to return, and then they're like, oh wait, no, and and then they go back, and then they do it like three, yes, and they like, and Kevin loves those types of people. Like he like thinks it's amazing. (laughs) 
This is one thing that I, I do. We disagree on everything pretty much, but this is probably the same thing. But I mean, it's those types of people that they're just doing it out of the sheer fact of I'm going to mess with your mind. They know they'll gain an advantage. Right. But here's the other side on that is that if you are mentally tough enough to actually do all of that stuff and mm. still be able to <laughs> speak the truth you do oh Gemini, um to still be able to like focus and win points i give you credit because when i if i were trying to like manipulate all kinds of situations on the court and like do weird gamesmanship that I don't think fits into the moral rule book of tennis, then I would end up screwing myself up mentally in the sense of not being able to focus. And I'd probably make a lot of unforced errors and yeah, do it's stupid like any stuff. Other tactic. It could backfire, right? You know, potentially, but I would say in most cases across most levels, like if we if we take into consideration, like our listeners and our viewers, it really messes with people. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, when I think when an opponent does something on purpose to like try to push like mm -hmm. buttons, most club players just absolutely self-destruct. Yeah, I think there's so many different. No disrespect. Like, it, yeah. it's tough. Like Megan's saying, it's difficult. I think yeah, there's so many different things, and I think there's there's the the element of the responsibility of the person receiving the underhand serve to address basically like how they're going to address the situation. So I mean, just like any tactic, like if if you have a weak backhand, I'll pose this question to you guys. If you have a weak backhand or forehand. What are you trying to say, Kevin? I'm just trying yeah, to say Kevin. if you do have a weak backhand. <laughs> or let's just say yeah. <laughs> let's just say you have a weak backhand. Is it is it wrong for me to go there the entire match? So for instance, we take the classic match of Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. He does one tactic the entire match. He knows that it's a weakness that he can continuously go there. There's no rules against it, right? But he does that tactic because it gives him a strategic advantage in the match. So is it immoral or is it wrong that you watch an actually like five hour match of the guy doing the exact same thing to the backhand right. over yeah, and over Yeah, but you didn't see either one of them underhand <laughs> serve. The difference is that's culturally in tennis, like as per tennis, like culture, like in the ethos of tennis, that's accepted and it's part of the game. The under, whereas the underhand serve is not. Whether or not it's right or so, wrong, I'm so just saying. So it's interesting. As you look back through history, actually we did underhand serve in the beginning. Right, okay. yeah, do, you, do you have it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been going back. Right, you need in a the, you need in, the narrative. In the, in the 18, what was this? The 18, like, we're, yeah, we got, we went beyond the pants era. We were in the dress era. They actually started the points off by underhand serving. Let me back that up. Describe for people at home, Kevin. What, so, what are we seeing? Yeah, sorry, you guys can't see this home, but if you go to like the old school underhand <laughs> era, this is like where this is back in the beginning of tennis. I want to see curious like walk on. This is yeah, like black, black old school. Yeah, this black is old school. Like the, the 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 ladies are wearing full out dresses. <laughs> She's picking up her dress. Yes, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'll go back some more. It yeah, okay. transitions as you get later in tennis that you start seeing people go through uh, overhand and underhand serving as I think probably the game got more so competitive. So the tactics got, got more competitive. Exactly. And, so, strong, and stronger and they you're evolved. Right, you're right. But here's, it just like it evolved, 
when something involves it also creates sometimes a weakness within it because all the animals in the kingdom get really good at defending against a certain tactic that is evolved over time. Those of you watching watching are in for a real treat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which sometimes opens up the very thing. It's just like, you know, we've evolved and then we're creating... It kind of leaves a vacuum. Yeah, and we're creating things that are melting the polar ice cap or whatever whatever you want to believe, which is now so creating... underhand serve is the... Melting the polar ice, ice cap. <laughs> it's, this, it's this big. It's this big. So I think for me, the, the, the whole idea is... Kevin's up there on, on the ice for yeah, going, yeah, yeah. No, I bring the blow dryer. I'm, I'm there with like battery powered blow dryers on top of the, the ice cap. But I think the, the, the point is for me, at least, that regardless if you want to underhand serve or not, is your choice. Um, but not to be like so, yeah, you can say that in today's game, because no one does it, it's socially unacceptable, right? Well, most things when some person does something when Roger Bannister wanted to run the four minute mile everybody was like it's impossible you're stupid it's not even it's like underhand like, four yeah. minute mile I know compare <laughs> it exactly I, I completely agree because it's not breaking rules saying you're gonna run a four minute mile is not breaking okay, any sorry, rules you're right, you're right. when Maga- Mahatma Gandhi we're going there we're going there when Mahatma Gandhi decided to to break away from have India break away from the British rule saying that he was gonna use no violence everybody was like it's not possible that's stupid and he was breaking the rules by by trying to break away from the british empire but it happened everybody in the beginning said he was a fool he's an idiot so in history so not even in the same realm in history people when you do something unorthodox they call you some radical it's against the cultural rules i can't believe you're doing this but then when it becomes a little bit more successful more people try to do it because it creates an advantage well guess what everybody's not going to underhand serve every time but i guarantee if both of you are in the situation maybe maybe i don't know you guys are both straight laced but if, yeah. if if you were in the situation of winning your first grand slam playing Rafael Nadal knowing that if you underhand serve you're guaranteed to win the match would you do it because you're you're guaranteed. Guaranteed. that's a you're really guaranteed. good question actually yeah i know but i'm saying would, this this is this is the whole point you're guaranteed to win the match because the entire match long give me the give me the floor for a second the entire match long you have over uh, you've overhand served and he's not going to be ready for it so you are now guaranteed i'm saying you this is the situation it's testing the morals. Okay, the testing you, the morals. If you're in a grand slam, your first ever grand slam, if you underhand serve, you are guaranteed to win it. Will you do it? But do you agree or disagree that tactical advantage is not the primary reason why Kyrgios is doing it? No, totally. He, yeah, okay, but so we agree on that. Yes, he's, no. he's yes mostly or no. He's mostly doing it. No. I, okay, I'm saying there's go, a little bit it, of tactical. There is a little in the case of Nadal, 45 feet behind the baseline. There is a tactical advantage. But if you go back through all of his underhand serves, it's definitely not the primary reason So what's reason why his advantage? Gamesmanship. You mean breaking down the person mentally? Yes. Is that a tactical advantage? Is it, that a tactical advantage when you can get in somebody's head and break their rhythm? Is it a tactical advantage that when people go to the bathroom and you have match point... No, There's a lot of different ways to do that, and some exactly. are more destructive some are more than, extreme. than right, exactly. Yeah. But, so this is in the rules. This is a tactical advantage. So answer the question, Mr. I won't take advantage of those <laughs> mental tactical advantages, but you can win a grand That's slam. That's not what I said. That's not what I, I, You're right. You're right. That's not what you said. So will <laughs> okay. you answer the question on air, Ian Westerman? 
What, what is the question? Grand Slam. Yeah. You will win the Grand Slam because it's a match point and you will serve like, under. Will you not the, serve? The, the no. guaranteed slam is a ridiculous. No, and it's not like, a, no. It's it is a, ridiculous. It, it's not ridiculous. It's a moral question. How okay. is that a moral question? Because I'm asking you, you. It would when, never be guaranteed. No, but I'm saying, I'm giving it's you good, the guarantee. It's a good question. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a moral a good, question. It's, it's not question. about like underhand serving. It's like you guys are making it out this a cultural thing about it. It's a moral thing that Megan says. Say so, me personally or like my you personally. recommendation. Yeah, no, me, you personally. Yeah, you have a knowing, grand slam on the line knowing, knowing like, that knowing my legacy would be the person going down in, in the annals of tennis history as being the person <laughs> who won his first and yeah. only grand slam by underhand serving no i, pro- that, I probably wouldn't either that's not what i want to be known for for okay. like the rest of tennis history that's totally fine Honestly. so here's the other thing kevin's I think like i do it every single point <laughs> every match. to be honest i don't i don't know but i think i if if it was guaranteed and i was like dude i could win a grand slam, <laughs> have a grand slam. i might take but the best but here's the thing but here's the thing here's the thing raise the trophy up because he underhand served okay here's the thing so like a mega point she's like kind of embarrassing right it is kind of embarrassing that's like that's potentially the way people view you for the rest of your time yeah screen. but it's like that didn't get me to the point it of having that defines you though no it doesn't define me yeah it does if you yeah. win a grand slam by underhand serving if i win one point by underhand serving and no, defines the entire win match the grand slam. yeah i know i'm gonna win but this one point it's one point, right? You, this, so is the first time curious, you, this is the first time you the, said one no, point. Oh, no. Sorry. I said match point. You said one I slam. said match point. So I'm, I'm imagining like... Okay. Sorry. Let's three let's, sets let me, of No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the, you're not going to win a Grand Slam three right. sets of understanding. We'll more but I'm saying, I said, it, I said match point. <laughs> if you have a match point... Because you haven't done the yeah. entire match, and you're going to underhand that's, serve. I think that's different than what. The okay, one sorry, he, that's said, what I said. he said overhand serve the whole match yeah. up until okay. the yeah. last point. Right. Up until the last point, and you could underhand serve and win the thing. And I still don't think 100 that's wanna, not guaranteed. I wanna, but I probably I still win. Yeah. If it's one point one and the point. last point, I, I go a little closer towards considering it, but probably still say no. Okay, okay. Well, it's just interesting because I think it's a good question. It, it's a great question because I think like Megan's saying, it's a, a kind of a moral thing. So why don't you just stop playing if you hurt your shoulder? I don't mean that, and like for you, but I mean like like for Michael Chang, for Michael Chang when he hurt when he was cramping and he couldn't serve anymore, nothing was wrong with his shoulder. Right, right, right. There's a difference between a physical necessity and, exactly. and doing it for psychological warfare. Okay, what do you think Lindell was like? Oh, dude, I've no, I've got but the, he realized that that was out of necessity. That's where I think is the huge difference. It was not out of necessity for his him to serve underhand when his his calf is cramping. What's wrong with well, his shoulder? That's an interesting question. You can't say legs are not involved in a, a good high level serve. Okay, you can't, exactly. You can't say it's not out of. Uh, You're yeah. right. Okay. You're right. So Michael Chang knew that by serving underhand, he would probably have an advantage compared to dinking it overhand. You can't tell me, time out, you can't tell me you can't serve without your calves or your legs. I mean, it would be great to have Michael Chang like, join us right, right now. right, that would be awesome. To be able to say, like, what, the ra- what was the ratio, Mr. Chang, of tactical advantage versus necessity? Like, I, I don't know. You're I, right, I don't you're know right. the answer. But I'm just saying, can you serve without using your legs? But Obviously I think you there's can serve, because if you look at wheelchair tennis, what are they doing? Serving without legs. But I so, think... So, go ahead. Go ahead, I Megan. think that... Megan has to talk for a while. Why don't exactly. you tell us what's going through your head, Megan? You guys are sitting back here. Um, I think that it it all is, for me, I'm a huge respect person, and mm-hmm. that it's not only respect to myself, but respect. Like, I like to have, be known as the re- person that shows respect and 
exudes respect among others kind of thing. Besides like, Kevin. Besides Kevin. <laughs> I am Don't so worry about that disrespectful. One. Um, but I think that's... No, I meant her towards you. Yeah. Oh. That's a, a huge thing. He's joking. Yeah, I, I know he's joking. Um, that's a huge <laughs> thing for me is that. And so, and um, whether that's right or wrong is a whole nother topic. Um, whether you should believe in what other people think of you and all of that kind of stuff. But I think that for me, respect of like, I'm, I'm doing it at, out of necessity because I want to make sure that I'm finishing the match and I want to make sure that I am doing everything I can. Um, That's a good point. Chang still... could have just walked off the court. Right, exactly. Um, which I feel like out of respect, he's like, hey, I'm going to still play this match and I'm going to do the best thing I can and that's underhand serve because that's going to be better points than me dinking a ball like this. Um, that's me personally. I love I mean, that. I could have gone out and I could have done this too, but I went, but I didn't just throw it in as like a, I'm going to mess with you and here you go, like that kind of thing. So I think there's a difference in that and that's why i think the whole one point win the grand slam i would not want to do that because i would not be wait till i'm done talking or you're gonna get a counter at the top of you um, i'm gonna what Counter? Counter. Counter. Um and so I think that is why I would not do it. See, even so, if still talking. Even if <laughs> you took a breath. That's a fair game. <laughs> even if it meant that I would win the Grand Slam because I don't think it's a respectful move. Um like morally, I'm not saying you can't do it. It's not. It's it's fair within the rules, but so is half the other crap that you can do in tennis. That is morally. I mean, in junior tennis, we saw everything under the boat. I mean, it wasn't. It they had to change the rule books eventually because parents could take their kids to the bathroom if they got oh. sick. And I had a 12 year old girl who was making herself throw up on the sidelines after she lost the first set so that her dad could take her to the bathroom during the changeover and coach her against the kid that was playing. Yeah. And so all of that was was fine too that wasn't in the rule books at the time so with that oh, kind of totally stuff in the rule books not to coach he's breaking the rules he just never got caught there's a difference he Making broke the rules throw up, yeah. though, is no like so, so that your dad so, could take you to the exactly. bathroom so you can coach your daughter you tr telling your daughter communicating aka serena williams and her coach which uh, had the whole blow up and every other yeah. professional yeah you know, professional whatever just, just but to be it, clear it, like it, everybody does do it yeah but he just got caught like big time on yeah. tv but he's he's breaking the rules so, I mean, yeah, there is a rule against that. That's the whole point. There's a rule. He got caught. I think, like, what you're saying, like, to your situation, with you had a physical thing with your shoulder, which is literally, like, you can't move your arm above your shoulder. Michael Chang didn't. He had a leg yeah, and can situation. Can I clarify your, your hypothetical? Yeah. In your scenario where... If I underhand serve this point that I win a Grand Slam, yeah. is there anything wrong with me physically, or am I totally able to do whatever I want? You know, physically. Ooh, that's a good one. Nothing's wrong with you, you physically. No, there's nothing wrong with nothing me physically. Nothing's wrong with me physically. Okay, just, mentally just there is so, if you do so it. Really, so really, <laughs> so really, everybody just needs an excuse 
AK and Megan has more than an excuse, but you need a some sort of reason to approach the underhand serve. So again, like Michael Chang. What's curious is excuse. It's a tactical advantage. That's his excuse. And but he's you just don't curious. Think that's, you're right. You so, don't think so, that's really the main reason why so he's doing it, though, do you? I mean, I, I'd be curious also to see. Curious. I think Curious has been so highlighted with it, what other players have done it. And what other players have done different antics that, that we would consider wrong or oh, against sure. no, there's a ton of, of them yeah, uh, exactly there's a ton of them and there's a ton of them within the the, the very best i mean we are i will say we're in the absolute golden era of like the the royal estate of tennis with Roger Federer with uh, Nadal Djokovic he's had his moments back in the, right back, back in yeah. the day Djokovic did a lot of questionable yeah. stuff and even as a as a young uh, uh, professional I think Roger and I mean he talks about throwing his rackets throwing tantrums like I mean just going nuts and breaking rules and so yeah he's known for something different yeah but I mean it's like I think. For me, yeah, it's a moral question about the last point Grand Slam, aka kind of Michael Chang. He won a Grand Slam doing it for a little bit, and he had a reason to do it, but he chose to have a tactical advantage while doing it. Yeah, of course Michael Chang doesn't want to walk away from the match because it's a Grand Slam, but if it's such a bad thing to underhand serve, then, you know, poof, he could he could have made that decision. I love Michael Chang, by the way. Don't, don't get me wrong, Mike. You know, I saw you at... Um, Steak and shake after the RCA, <laughs> you were you were awesome. But um, get all those steak and shake. <laughs> we'll plug for steak and shake. <laughs> Are they even in business anymore? I think so. Oh. Yeah, I, can't yeah. Remember I, last I think time so. I saw one. But I think I mean I think the the thing is at that level there's there's do a lot and there's a fine edge of do whatever you can to win within the rules. I mean, you look at Serena, she's done a lot of crazy things, but you know at the end, I'm sorry, you know what Serena's going to be known as? The greatest player of all time. In 10 years, no one's going to remember when she told that ref to take that ball yeah, and they will. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. I mean, she's gone and I mean, I think she's had she, enough she, instances. She, yeah, she's were... had enough instances, but again, um, but uh, I think it taints Andy her, Murray. like... Andy Murray, what do we remember? Legacy. What are we, it might taint her legacy, but you can't deny the girls I didn't how say, like, for sure. but Andy there's Murray. a difference. Do you want to be known legacy? as the person that is, okay, you're the greatest tennis of all time, but what about being the greatest tennis player of all time plus having a respectful, known legacy? I so, mean... Roger Federer. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. You're right. There's yeah, a difference. I, I love Roger. I am a complete Roger fan. But if Roger doesn't win some more Grand Slams, he will not go down as the greatest player of all time. He should have underhand served when he had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Roger, I, do you have a coaching I, position of it? Yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I think it's, it's just... It's a question of... It's a fine line of... Like, I think... I may be wrong here, so if I'm putting Andy Murray under the bus list. So what do we remember yeah, Andy Murray? Yeah, where are you getting at with, with Murray? Wasn't Murray the... Uh, no, I think it was maybe Tim Henman. It was either Murray or Tim Henman at one of the grass court tournaments. Got angry, hit a ball at the girl, and had to be hauled off the court. The girl had to be hauled off the court? He had to be... Well, not sorry. I shouldn't say hauled off the court. He was excused uh -huh. from the match. And that yeah, was a because very but that's a, against that. the I do that's a that was against the rules. Yeah, though. yeah, but he he lost his cool. He broke the rules. Yeah, but and that doesn't totally even go yeah. into the I'm same. I'm just gonna make it work. He lost his cool. <laughs> yeah. He broke the rules. Will he be remembered for that? No. So I don't know. 
I, I think I think I think there's so many things where you go, yeah, you don't want to be the guy who won the Grand Slam on the the underhand serve of the match point, but um, oh, so you don't. God, that's yeah, a tough how question. would you? Would you do that? Honestly, you, you're right. I wouldn't want to be the guy. Remember, but God, if I if I was guaranteed to win it, <laughs> you know what? I don't know. There's a there's a 50 50 chance. Kevin, I know Kevin would just hug his yeah. trophy and rock. I see it every night. I'd be like, what's, the, people say, oh, what's <laughs> the, the the guy the the guy in Lord of the Rings who's like my pretty. Oh, Gollum? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, oh my, my precious, pretty, my precious Grand Slam. I don't know. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here. Uh, advocate here. I wouldn't want to be that guy. I what totally would you tell you our son in that situation? Oh. What would I tell my son? Uh -huh. tell Tactical advantage, baby. Ch so you would tell him, like, so, it's so, totally so, fine. So listen to first, listen first like you said, or I'm going to drop a counter on you. Um, <laughs> drop a counter. I think... <laughs> I think there is a fine line, and I, I made that as a moral statement. Like, will you do that? I probably wouldn't do that. But here's the thing: I would let my son know that don't get so caught up in tradition that you don't find you don't find your tactical advantage. But whatever choice you have to make, you have to also live with those decisions. Now, if it's in the rules, it's in the rules. I get yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's, if it's in the rules, it's in the rules. But I don't also want my son to just like be like, oh, I can't do this because everybody says, and he's never researched and found the true rules, the depth behind it. Because I think so many things are wrong with, I'm going with society now. I think so many things are like <laughs> taken like that and blown out of proportion where we just accept things over time and we potentially say, and I don't know, I would love to do a little bit more research on the underhand serve in the 80s. We say, oh, tradition. Tradition says when literally the tradition was opposite of what it is now. And we've just assumed because because it's the way it is now that it's always been that way before. How many if I'm not going to go there, but if we go back to even this country and certain traditions, certain traditions need to be broken or reevaluated. And do you so think, I think the overhand serve is one of those things? I think that it should be broken. I think underhand serve. No, yeah. the over the, no the construct oh, of the overhand oh, serve needs to it. be abolished. And it's, no, I don't. We go into I a think, new era I think if we're going to make this, ooh, just hit my leg. If we're going to make this, again, so excited. If we're going to make this like rant and we're going to make this thing as a tennis culture about how we're booing, getting so mad about curious and this underhand serve, then we need to change the rules. That's the facts. If we, if we're going to, he's following the rules. He's been cheered just, for it, by the way. Huh? You'll be happy to hear that. He's been cheered for the underhand serve. Good, good. I'm, yeah, a I'm lot of support, people are in I'm totally support okay of it. with it because I think if we're going to, it's like saying, okay, well, we're following the rules just because it's the rule we don't agree with, then we get mad at the situation. Well, then either change the rule or update your kind of like stance on it because he's following the rules. He's following the rules. That's there's the also line. a difference. Like there's a difference between being mad. Like you're like saying we're all the way on this end where I'm like, I hate Karyos because he underhands oh, her, no, which not. is not the case. It's not so I get it. I 100% get it. That that's his personality, and he just likes to follow be that rules. guy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I just was Curious plugging that in for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. he likes to follow the rules. Uh, so, <laughs> Curious. I mean, come on, come on. You're following the rules. I got you. Okay, but um, at the nest at twelve o'clock. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just has. A, hey, there are no rules that after you lose a match, no, you can't pull go out, out of the tournament. His arm was hurting. You don't. You can use your other hand to drink. I mean, it's totally fine. If you want to party, you want to dance with some girls. You do not need your right <laughs> arm. You just need your left arm. Some leg movement. Some hip movement. Nothing was wrong with. His hips at that yeah and vodka cures the, the element because you just don't feel it 
I don't right, even, so say I have no idea what I was even going to say at this point. But I think the bottom line for me is... There's a difference between like being angry and like doing something. Right, right. Like, the, like I'm not saying that I'm on the, the side of like hating everyone in the world that underhand serves. But I'm also saying that I'm not on the side that's like... Everyone needs to use it's that. Okay. Yeah, everyone needs to use that because that's the the tactical way. I totally when agree with you, Megan. I'm somewhere in the middle. You don't think everybody should just use it? Like no, it, because, because then you would lose your tactical advantage. It's about using it at the right moment. What if the what if the person just struggles with low short balls? Use it the whole match. What if? Roger struggles with Nadal hitting his backhand. No, I mean like people at home, like they they figure out that their opponent. You have a student who's three five. Ooh, yeah, bring it, bring it, Westerman. <laughs> yeah, they have an opponent who struggles with low spinny short ball. Like they have no transition game. Do you tell your student to do the underhand serve the whole match? Probably not. Here's the reason why. Most of those, or I would say, unless this is a really special student. If you're the special student and you're out there, call me up. Um, most students cannot handle the psychological ramifications of doing a shot like that. They can't handle it because they know the crowd's going to look at them. But why? Why would there be because psychological... Because there's a cultural stigma about it. Because no one does it. You know? If, you know, honestly, I would probably... I'm going to do it for one of you guys. One time, you're going to flip out. But I'm going to do it. better not be against me. I can't or you're I, like I can't literally I walking I home from the court. I want to go play a tournament now. And I'm going to underhand an entire game. Because I'm just going to watch the crowd boo me and flip out. And for some reason, in some deep, dark part of my heart and soul, I get a rise out of them. Seeing them just like mentally implode and go, you can't control me. You have no control. And I'm following the rules. So I think Blake most him. most players. Lake and Garlington. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Lake and Garlington is going to be. <laughs> this is where yeah, our poor kid, kid is. Yeah. Kid like, Dude, it's in the rules. And Kevin's, Kevin's going to be like, he's going yeah. to keep doing it. I'm like, I'm like, go, son, go. But I think, honestly, most players, most people can't handle. And it's just. Kuros is a special person. You're in saying the, sense the delivery. That, most people can't handle the delivery. No, and take, most, taking on. The, yes, most people cannot handle. I mean, it's just true. How many is we're a social culture? Um, we rely on social relationships. Um, it's just like why they say, like, look at your five best friends, and you're probably right and neck and neck with them because if you're out of that realm of the five best friends, you're not gonna have those you're friends. Not safe. You're not safe. And so it takes a very special person to be able to go. I'm not going to be safe. I'm going to step out of the social screw norms. The tribe. Exactly. I'm going to screw the tribe and watch this tribe jeer at me, like sneer at me and shame me and look at them and smile and go, That's and I got you. By a lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I can handle the lion on, on my own. <laughs> Kiros, crazy enough, is that person who can like literally go into sure. an interview. I mean, we've watched interviews where he's like, the guy's like, hey, Kiros, I just want to ask you why you went after Nadal. And he's like, why wouldn't but I? But do you understand also, and I, I'm not, this is not like a rhetoric, like a, I'm not trying to be a dick. Like re- recently a dick. In, in a lot of different interviews, he has, he has brought up the topic of mental health and has talked about the fact that he's struggled with like his mental stability and health. Oh yeah, I totally, I, I think. And, and here's so the, what if all of this like pushing the tribe away thing is just part of a, a larger like thing and he's just kind of acting out. 
It may be, but I mean, if you look at a lot of like eccentric people that are just different. So it's a really good idea so, to recommend that your average person try it. I just, you I need did, to be but, a little bit crazy. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you need to be, I I'm said you have I'm to, not saying you're crazy. Uh, well, he is. I'm saying you have to be a special, and exactly why, to your question, I said, I wouldn't tell probably my student unless they are that special person that can deal with that kind of ramifications of having that happen. Would this you want just, someone that can really deal with those ramifications to be part of your five-person tribe? Maybe, yeah. I I'm, I'm totally would because they think differently than me. They might show me something that I'm not seeing because I'm just so engulfed in the tribe. And I'll, you never know when your tribe might be on the wrong side until you look on the other side. And so, yeah, I'm totally, I love... I love Stay these safe, Megan. Stay yeah. safe. I love these, these conversations. Where, this Don't is, break the rules. This Megan. is the, the epitome <laughs> of our marriage yeah. right here. I love here. these conversations. <laughs> I love people that are like sometimes extremely different from me because it does make me think on like, whoa, whoa let me think. Why wouldn't you want to break the rules? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Like either, well, if they're not breaking your rules, how do you look at that so different and understand that? I think that's for me like awesome. And I think like when you go to a different culture, it's the same thing. Like our culture, the American culture, love America. Yes. Sorry for the audio <laughs> pound. I'm just passionate. But our culture is very different from other cultures. I lived in Spain for a while, and people in Spain will come up to me and ask me questions about our culture, like, why would you do that? Why would you elect like them? Uh, I think when we had Bush as president, people were like flipped out in Spain. They were like, you? Because he was so conservative? Um, I think because we had the war in Iraq and kind of oh. going over there and like, like invade, like the whole idea of that. But from their standpoint, it was like, like you elected Bush as your president. Like, why would you? And like in their eyes, it's like, it's just a totally different world. Like their culture is totally different, which I thought was interesting. It does make you question. And I, I'm totally okay. <laughs> Megan's like, Arr. I'm totally okay with questioning my own beliefs. And maybe I'm wrong about the underhand server. I totally get that. But I'm willing to question it. I'm willing going to the dark side of why it can't and fight for it for a little bit just to be on that side to see if I'm missing something. And so for your question, what curious and kind of the, the whole... This like, is why we're in counseling. Yeah. Just so <laughs> So to your question about curious and potential, the um, mental instability, I don't know if he is mental or not. Health is the, mental health. I, I'm pre- um, the word, I'm pretty sure the phrase that he used. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, that may be a cause of it. Maybe it's not. I think he's, he's an individual who just doesn't, um, doesn't roll with the punches of what is considered culturally right or what is what's expected he, of what's him. expected he's just yeah. not the traditionalist of like that and that's why also we love him because in some part of us i'm sorry some part of us th- that isn't that way enjoys seeing it that's yeah. why we watch oh, it for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly you're, you're we talk about we're talking about it right now because he's different hmm? you know and so there's a part of us that some part of us i'm going to say it I'm going to go there, dark side. Some part of us wishes we could, in, the st- in, in, in an audience of people, and go against what they think and go, you know what? I'm going to follow my own thing and I'm going to underhand. So some of us wish we were, I'm sorry, a lot of us wish we were like that ballsy to do that and go like, bring it on world, bring it on. Because you, you see, even though with a lot of his other antics that I don't necessarily agree with like all of his antics, but with this specific conversation about the underhand serve, we see that it's like, like, wow, the dude just doesn't care what we think. I mean, and that I think is a powerful, um, stance. 
Yeah, I think you can look at it two ways, though. It can be a powerful stance, but it can also be a very selfish stance in the sense of like you only care you only care about yourself, and you're not caring about anyone else that's around you, including the tennis game, including the moral idea of what tennis stands for in society, including uh, for, no, he care. doesn't care. So I think there's a, like, there's part of, like, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just not one of those people that would like be out there and be <laughs> like, yeah, world. Like, I'm just not that person. But I think that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think, don't I, think I, so. To talk about that, I think it's so something so interesting you say is like, uh, what's the phrase you used about the game? You said he's not good for the game or he's just, sorry, I, I can't remember. I said, said he's said selfish. He's like selfish. he's just considering himself. He's yes, not. yes, yes. He's just considering himself. But I think it's so interesting you say that. But at the beginning of the conversation, Ian was like, he's good for the game because he's different. No, so, no, I'm so not saying that. I'm just saying, like, his, in my mind. Yeah, and again, the, like I think the, the, the tough that. part about this conversation is that we're starting to bleed over to some of Kyrgios' other antics, which I don't necessarily agree. Like, I, I definitely, like, you know, I wouldn't go in an interview or agree with the interview of, like, where he's talking about, like, literally trying to take Nadal's head off. I'm like, well, the guy makes a couple million, so he could take a hit. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's being a dick, dude. But, <laughs> but as far as, and it's like, you know, same within the rules, but it's like the context of how he's using the language and talking about it afterward. That's, yeah. that's... I feel like it's well, kind of... Another, that, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and, again, the, the whole point yeah. of that, the whole point of me is bringing that... that that's another antic, antic, uh, not that that I'm not including with. I'm just isolating the underhand serve and the the course of the rules and the type of person you have to probably be to do that. And if you're going to do that, what are the consequences of your actions and the psychological f- uh, strength you're going to need to deal with going against the tennis culture, which is all I'm talking about. As far as like him going on the other side, yeah, there's a lot of other antics. That yeah. could be part of the thing though, truthfully, is that um, a lot of people look at the underhand serve as really like bad morally, like I was saying, in the sense that it started kind of being the outwardness with Curios, and he also has all of these. That's a great right. point. And yeah. so High like five. that could be mm-hmm. I'm trying to get Megan could be, She she accepted <laughs> Um, that could be part of the psychological thought process yeah, of people they don't want who, to be put in the same, which 100% I'm category. in that category. No. Like, I don't want to be put in that category. So, I think so. And, so, I think that's kind of going a great back point. to the tribe or the culture thing. When you consider our average listener and, and viewer, they're in a a tight knit oh, yeah. community, like a mm-hmm. club environment or uh, a rec, you know, program environment, oh, yeah. where there's the same 30, 40, 50 people, you know, coming and going, like playing against each other, having conversations, gossiping, yeah. and so the idea of being that person, yeah, is, it's not going to happen. There's already drama no, at yeah. every yeah, exactly. country yeah. club. Yeah. You I don't totally need agree to with add you in that to it. That, like in that environment, you don't want to be. You're, you're going to be the dick, and you're going to be cast out, and you will be shamed. But in the <laughs> in the environment <laughs> of being, you'll be stoned. Yeah, <laughs> an environment of ATB tour tennis, where everybody is the individual. Every player has to be selfish because it's their livelihood. Is yeah, I, it is about the game, but. It's also about them. I mean, I'm sorry. It's about like Roger Federer does things selfishly to propel himself to be the best player, whether it means skipping a grand slam when everybody wants to see him play because he's trying to preserve himself to play better, which in turn might seem selfish. 
Um, you can argue every, that's the best for the game. Thing it, it, for the but game that's what well. I'm saying. His okay. selfishness is actually best for the game. Yeah. Because he's trying to preserve himself. Like Serena it's Williams. It's best for the game. It's, it's, Serena Williams is choosing to avoid a ton of tournaments because she's trying to rack up Grand Slams. We could say, dude, I, I would love to see Serena and she just doesn't want to play my tournament, but she's being selfish, which in some sense gives us some of these great moments where she's still playing a, 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 a very long or having a long career. But I definitely agree with Megan. I think it would be interesting to see a post-Curios um, underhand serve review of who was underhanding serve. And because Curios has such a stigma about him, are we just associating like the bad underhand serve to Curios? Or is it just like, oh, dude, you underhand serve. That's not cool. Okay, well, let's keep playing. Like when the Versus other dude did it, like, that was like, Kyrgios sorry. underhand serve. You are such a beep, beep, beep. And so I think that would be interesting. I, I do agree with that, Megan, in that sense, that the association that Curios has created, and it's before this. I think recently he's underhanded serve, and I think it's caught attention because early in his career he would show up to tournaments like, dude, I don't want to play. And he would go to the, like finish interviews going like, I didn't feel like playing. I don't have to play. I can do whatever I want. So already he created this kind of stigma about himself and then to attach the underhand serve to it. No. He's taking the, the, the legacy of the underhand serve <laughs> to all. He's tainting it, He's tainting it. He's tainting the legacy of the underhand serve and the true history of how the underhand serve has played an important, vital part in tennis, starting from the beginning, from the 1900s. This is where we cut it. We just, like, have a cut. I feel as a conversation about the underhand serve that that we need to separate the association of the underhand serve with the negativity that Curious has brought to it and really treat it as I'm a sorry, true I'm sorry, I'm sorry, audience, that I brought this far. <laughs> treat it as a true um, historical, stand, historical yeah, standard final part of our, that, of our sport that we grew out of. I'm sorry, and that, that one person forget. that's still listening. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this show. I think that's a good. That's a good, I think that's a good closing. A good closing part. Yeah. Any other? Uh, no, any other there's final absolutely thoughts? nothing else I can say. <laughs> like to it's that. It's a great topic. Yeah, no, it, it is. is. A great topic. I, I just don't. Th there's no right or wrong. Is the other thing. I think. It's, I think personality. You know, there's so much subjectivity around your own psychology. Yeah. Yeah, like for sure. Kevin is, uh, is describing that. You're never gonna change somebody's mind. You're you're never gonna take somebody who's like completely against underhand serve. Yeah, no. And have them be like, oh yeah, I guess it, I guess it's okay. No. And vice versa. Right. Because it, it is really deeply deeply rooted in yeah. I mean, it's just like the person. I, I guess it's not the same, but it could be close. You you're playing a match and the guys you're like you're crushing the guy and you let's say they're hitting topspin and suddenly they go to slicing and yeah. drop shotting every ball. Morally, it's like come on, dude, you're just gonna slice you and you know the person can't hit topspin, but they slice and drop shot. Okay, sorry, I'm gonna take a slight diversion. When I drop shot Megan, she calls me bad names, and I don't appreciate that because I'm just doing a tactical advantage, and it's totally with no. The but robots. you're not though. But you're not. It's not just tactics. <laughs> exactly. That, but that's a whole other conversation. He's doing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, it's a tactical advantage. It's, not. it's a tactical advantage. But but if they started doing it's something not. like that where they're slicing if and drop shotting him off, he would totally stop. Yeah, hundred percent. He so, does it because he likes how angry I get. It's not about the anger. <laughs> it's simply about setting up a shot. 
He's allows trying me really hard to not look at him. I didn't shoot myself in the foot. I'm, I'm letting the audience in. That could be our next conversation. But I think it's just, <laughs> no. I do agree with you that uh, there is no clear cut, like right or wrong answer. It is a rule that you can use, but you have to use it at your own discretion and your own. Um, uh, I don't. I can't think of the right word right your now. But moral your own code, kind of. Uh, like, I don't want to say. Conscience. I don't like using the word oh, moral code or conscious. To this, you have to accept the 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 effect of your actions when you use it. Uh, I don't like confusing it with like there's this moral thing about. You there's can't, a moral uh, thing with everything. I don't necessarily agree. It's that. just That's everybody's morals are different. I just think there's an agreement around. Uh, we have two different agreements. We have the agreement of the rules and we have the agreement of what we consider right or wrong in tennis. And without doing enough, I think, historical background, I think we're all tainted into what is now the, what we call the my air quotes for the, the next rules. three weeks he's just yeah. going to be next researching week, yeah, ne- next yeah. topic he's going to come with like an easel yeah. and like, <laughs> like, like in a courtroom with like I give you exhibit yeah. one yeah there's like bar the, graphs the and <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna he's going to put on like glasses yeah <laughs> for sure I feel like uh, what is it uh, um, the South Park episode with the Wookiee have you ever seen that, seen that one where he's no. like I love if, South Park if the Wookiee is like if you can't acquit what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's very, yeah. Okay. But good topic. All right. <laughs> so, the thank- Chewbacca defense. <laughs> Chewbacca defense. You know what I'm talking about. I'll have to check it out. I, lo- I love South Park. All right. So, with that, thank you for watching. If you've enjoyed this, even a little bit, if you, if you haven't even just it, the first two seconds if you haven't enjoyed it please don't leave a review uh, if, you ha- if you have enjoyed it please do us a favor we, we really want this to get off on a, night, a really strong start uh, we love to have as many tennis players who love the game be a part of this community as possible so we'll hook you up go, go ahead and leave a, a review on the iTunes Music Store, or if you have an iPhone and the podcasts app that's pre-installed on your phone, or you might have to install it real quick, but it's you'll see it there in your in your apps. As I found out neither Kevin and Megan or Megan had it actually installed, but it's there on your phone if you have an iPhone. Um, the reason why is because that's where like a ridiculous percentage, like 80% of all podcasts in the world are downloaded. So we're really going to focus there and that really helps us out a lot. So if you enjoyed it, do us a favor, rate the, rate the show, subscribe there, review the show, send us an email to ian at essentialtennis.com and we'll be happy to give you a free program. Um, I'll have to put a, just realized I didn't put a date uh, limit on this. I'll have to, in, in episode two, I will have uh, a date uh, limit because I'm not sure exactly when we're releasing this. Uh, but for a limited time, you'll be able to jump in and grab a free program. Also, if you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss professionally and courteously, <laughs> leave us uh, a comment to ian at essentialtennis.com as well. Let us know what you'd like us to debate and maybe we'll feature that in a future episode. For now, thanks for listening. We'll sign off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you on episode two. Have a good one.